China's ambassador to Canada had an exclusive sit down with the Toronto Star and they said that Canadians should prepare for retaliation. This is not a retaliation with regard to the Huawei exec. Well, not as they're um, putting it right now, or is it? Um, but it is in response to something else. So we brought Ian Lee onto the show. He's a professor at the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University to try and make sense of what's going on. I, I know that in in the middle of COVID-19, what the Chinese ambassador to Canada is saying doesn't interest a ton of people. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, people aren't, you know, waiting to see what China is doing. But what motivated this threat, this threat from China, China's ambassador to Canada? Um, this is not the first threat that they've made against other countries. They've been uh, putting some very serious heat with threats, very public threats against Australia, against Germany and their auto industry, and some other countries that have not, quote, towed the, the Chinese line. In, in my view, um, and I've been studying Xi for since he became the president, um, uh, I guess five or six years ago now. Uh, I mean, I've been studying China since 1993 when Deng Xiaoping, uh, who I call the real modern father of China, not Mao Zedong, who caused enormous economic deprivation and suffering and killed, was responsible for the death of millions and millions of Chinese uh, peasants. Uh, but it was Deng Xiaoping in 1993 that opened up China and led to the extraordinary uh, growth and explosion and uh, increase in China from an extraordinarily poor country to a middle-income country using the World Bank measures. And um, so when Xi came in, I thought, okay, now he's going to go to the next level, take China to the next level, start to open it up and, um, and you know, join the, the, the League of Nations, the Community of Nations. And unfortunately, Xi has gone in the opposite direction. And he's increasingly being uh, revealed by his decisions to be uh, very, uh, very suspicious of Western countries. He's very publicly critical of democracy, saying it's a failed, it doesn't work. He's very critical of the rule of law, arguing it's just a, a scam, it's a, it's a sham, it's not real. And uh, I think that they think that because they've been so successful, and they have, I mean, they've gone from you know, a very small country, GDP-wise, economic power-wise, to the second largest economy in the world. Very powerful. And I think that that extraordinarily rapid increase uh, in such a short period of time has um, given them a sense of uh, that they have even more power than perhaps they do. And but Ian, let's get can, can I get to the specifics of, of what we should be uh, preparing for? Uh, sure. You know, as far as retaliation, like what did we do to what what motivated the threat from uh, China's ambassador ambassador to Canada this week? It was our criticism of China's crackdown on Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong was, and I've taught several times, I was teaching in Hong Kong from 1997 to 2002 in an MBA program. And I went all over Hong Kong. Great, great, but one of the great cities of the world, by the way. And um, it's a very unique city. Um, at the time, about 6 million people. I think it's about 8 or 9 million now. But why I say it's unique, it's a truly bilingual, bicultural uh, city. Everybody born yeah. in Hong Kong must learn English at the age of four. And they have British laws. They drive on the left side of the road. <laughs> and they walk. Everything's the same, the British model. And they have a, a very serious uh, protections for property rights, um, protection of private property. Uh, and it was a very, very wealthy enclave in the world, one of the wealthiest places in the world, income per capita. Um, but it was also very free. Very, it was democratically free. They had an open press. And Xi has decided, I think, and I think it's an enormous strategic mistake, because Hong Kong was funding. People don't realize that. Most people think the rise of China was funded by the West. It wasn't. 
sixty percent of the of the of the of the uh, capital invested in China in the last thirty years came from Hong Kong. Extraordinary wealth in Hong Kong. Extraordinary. And now he's trying to kill the golden goose that laid the golden egg. He's cracking down, taking away their democracy and their freedoms. Canada and other countries, Australia and others, have strongly condemned the Chinese government for violating the terms of the treaty that whereby they took over Hong Kong in 1997, and they promised they would keep it as it was right. with the, those rules for 50 years. And they're cr- criticizing them for human rights violations and abuses. And China's very sensitive about this because, of course, they are. And they don't just do it in Hong Kong. They do it with the, the Uyghurs, who are a religious minority. And so the, the one thing I have enormous respect for China on the one hand, they're extraordinarily successful in terms of their economic growth. On the other hand, they are notorious for violating human rights and torturing prisoners and, and killing prisoners and so on that are political uh, dissidents and so forth. So China is very, very sensitive, and they're threatening to I don't know what, maybe cut off our agricultural so, exports? I don't know. So basically, um, our our prime minister criticized this new security law that passed uh, by the Chinese National Congress. Yes. It was passed uh, against the people in Hong Kong last uh, month. Yes. And, okay. uh, sure. and so now I'm hearing that pro-democracy activists are starting to go into exile so that they can, you know, not only survive, but agitate China from abroad. Well, do you think we're going to see a mass immigration of intellectuals and free thinkers headed our way? I hope so. I, I say that very seriously. Um, the British have already, uh, I believe they've made the commitment to take um, anybody with a, uh, who has a, a, a Hong Kong passport, uh, because I yeah. think they recognize them. Um, it would be, I mean, Hong Kong is one, and I'm saying this as somebody who taught there for several years, it is one of the most, I teach this in my classes, it is one of the most dynamic pieces of real estate of human beings on the planet Earth. Hong Kong is a giant rock. Hong Kong has zero natural resources, and it has one of the highest average incomes per person in the world. How is that possible? They have no resources. None. Everything's imported, 100%. Because so their resources are human resources. They're, they're, they're smart people. Exactly. They're a human so, resource. Their intellectual, their mental, their entrepreneurialism is their wealth. And they're extraordinarily dynamic and extraordinarily entrepreneurial. And we, it would be just a shot in the arm for Canada if we could, you know, bring in everybody from Hong Kong to Canada. <laughs> we won't. So, Ian, after good. China's ambassador to Canada uh, uttered this cryptic threat against us, right? Get ready for retaliation. The yes. star asked for spe- specifics about retaliation. And he just said, wait and see. Now, as you said, Chinese have leveled specific threats on other Western countries. Uh, the star says very specifically threats to China, uh, to yes. Germany, their auto industry, if they don't allow Huawei, 5G yes. networks, threats yes. to stop working on building nuclear reactors uh, and high-speed rail systems in the UK. Other than the two Michaels, that they have been detaining for almost two years. What could they be talking about? Uh, with us, with specifically with Canada. Remember, China, uh, and I'm, I'm arguing, yes, let's be prepared, and you know, we may have to take it on the chin. I'm not saying back down at all. Uh, but China's our number two customer after the United States. Um, and we export, uh, as a gross generalization, because I've got to generalize about huge numbers of exports, um, we export a lot of oil. And we export a lot of natural resources. And I mean by natural resources, timber, wood, uh, uh, crops, uh, agriculture, uh, meat, pork. And um, 
Uh, it's it, look, it's it's uh, not high tech stuff, and I mean by high tech, these aren't chips or computer chips or you know television monitors, but it's still you know very important stuff. Food is important, and uh, so we export a lot of natural resources. And mm-hmm. what this shows is that we have to. I think our China policy, and a lot of people are saying this, our China policy of the government of Canada is in tatters. It is shattered. And we've got to, as former Prime Minister Mulroney has said, amongst others, we've got to come up with a new China policy, which clearly is going to de-emphasize this whole idea. We're going to pivot away from the United States and pivot towards China, which has been talked about by people in Ottawa for the last 10 years, is now yeah. been exposed as phooey on steroids. Phooey on steroids. We have to diversify, yes, maybe a way to the five eyes countries. Maybe we need one, a free trade agreement with the U.K., Australia, uh, New Zealand, you know, U.S., Canada, or something like that. But we cannot, we now know we cannot uh, pivot away and say that China is going to be our number one uh, partner. It's okay, Ian, I have to ask you a question in 30 seconds or less. I need you to try and answer this. I know it's a difficult one, but um, is this really about us criticizing their uh, new security law, or do you think this is still about Meng at the end of the day, this recent threat? I think it's both. I mean, they are very, extremely, very sensitive about being criticized about human rights. I mean, they are just really freaked out, to use my students' language. Okay, they're really freaked out. They're also really angry that we have Maine. I mean, I just can't tell you how angry they are. And, and so they're trying to squeeze us left, right, and center. And uh, without getting into that debate, what we should do, um, uh, I, st- I mean, there's no question we, we cannot, they're not a reliable partner. And so we're going to have to develop a new set of policies to, to address China because they're going to continue to bully, not just Canada. They're trying to bully other countries and throw their weight around. And that's not the way we work in the, in the, you know, with international um, uh, uh, relations between countries. All right. Ian, I always appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you.